0: Hey folks, Joe Matarese here right at the top. Don't forget, the Remember When Tour is probably coming near you sooner than you think. Keep checking out where it's going to be at Joe Also, I have brand new merch for the tour and my old tour right up there on Joe Don't miss it. Really cool Van Halen throwback. Parody Remember When Tour jersey that people seem to like is available on JoeMatteris.com. And the tour is monthly at Jackie B's in, can I say this, Scarsdale, New York. Jackie B's. The next one is August 25th. It's the last Wednesday of the month. Starting in September, it'll be the last Saturday of every month. And October 1st, big show. Over a thousand seats at the Scottish Rite Theater in Collingswood, New Jersey. Those tickets should be on sale by this weekend, okay? That show is going to take it up a few notches. I'm going to have a live band on the show with me, putting that all together in the talks with them and uh, starting to hopefully rehearse soon. And I have two local South Jersey hilarious comics opening for me. Two guys by the name of one's Dan Callahan, and the other one is a hilarious comedian by the name of Brendan Donegan. Am I saying that right? Donegan. Not not like my friend Kyle Donegan. It's Brendan Donegan. Come on out. October 1st. The tickets will be for sale on joematteris.com. Okay? That's it for now. Let's start the show. hello 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 happy tuesday everybody squeezing this podcast in it's usually up tuesday morning it's tuesday at about twelve thirty in the afternoon right now as i'm recording i don't like to get to it late i like to have this thing done by monday and up by tuesday morning at 6 a.m that's when it's usually up there but uh things have been crazy gigs are coming back and now i'm hearing that gigs might go away again i I don't know what the hell's going on with this coronavirus right now it's really annoying me it's like every time i start to get some momentum it just just takes me down it's just like oh, oh you're starting to get gigs back again you're starting to get your feet you're starting to really love what you do for a living you're really enjoying doing remember when Oh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna make it so you can't do it anywhere unless you do it uh, outside in the middle of a, a yard, <laughs> which really it really stinks, everybody. I mean, I, sometimes it works. Jackie bees that I do monthly, it's 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 outside, but it's like a closed in outside so it works. It's got an arch going over the top. It has uh curtains that close it on both sides, so it's like it's open but it's not. I mean, the negative of that, it can get warm inside there. But, you know, they bring a fan in and make it comfortable. And the key is and and I 100% believe this, guys. But, you know, people will always do what they're going to do cuz they need to make money. I get it. The key is I can't I can't start shows until it gets dark outside. Like I've done a few a bunch in the past like two months and it's like I don't know when this started happening where everybody started moving the show times up to like six o'clock, six thirty. I'm doing comedy shows at six thirty now. It's broad daylight. We got a stage light that's doing nothing. You don't even see it because it's broad daylight out. There's just something about there needs to be a light on the performer and the audience needs to be darker than the performer. It's simple, but you know, we get desperate and we and we try to do things. I did two shows last Wednesday at Jackie B's. Now we sold out the late one very easily at 830. And then we had the 630 show, which we didn't sell it out. It was very hard to sell tickets. To get people out on a weeknight in the summer at six thirty, and that that was my bad, you know. I knew we had uh, a lot of people in the area that wanted to see Remember When, and I had a couple of local guys open for me. Open for me on top of it, and I knew, you know, we could uh, we could make it work and and do a second show. And I wasn't thinking how hard it would be when the when the sun's out. <laughs> it's just it's just the vibes not there, man. I don't know what it is about, you know what, you know what it really is about a a lot of it is this, and and you could say maybe it's because I'm too anal and I care about the way things look, but because I care about the way things look, usually when you come and see a show that I'm on, I get there early and I fix all the flaws in the room and I try to make it look the best that it could possibly look at this venue. And... You had to have noticed this in your lifetime. Do you ever go in bars and restaurants during the day? That that usually are more of a nightclub bar, you know what I mean? And you can see all the shit on the floor. You see all the the fucking dirt on the walls. The ceiling looks fucked up. And then you go there at night and they got like some sort of cool LED thing going on. You can't see all the shit that's all over the floor. And somehow It looks awesome. Right. That's that's what comedy needs. And and there's been so much bad comedy mixed in with good comedy over the years. And I don't just mean performer wise. I mean, venue wise venues for so many years didn't take into consideration that they could make something look really cool on stage. And we've noticed it in the past five years. Even restaurants, you notice now, start. You you can't have a shitty looking restaurant anymore. Like everybody's restaurants look really cool, right? You go in and you're like, "Man, I want my house to look like this." I love their lighting. Oh, I like the way they got the uh, the exposed old wood on the on the walls, or there's like exposed bricks or whatever they do. They really they really care about it more than they used to and it's because some people started caring and then to be in competition with the others you can't have yours be the shitty restaurant my wife's to the point when we were just on vacation in wildwood crest while i was doing a gig down there we were pulling up stuff on that app open table anyone use open table to try to find where you want to eat and you can book a a time right on it it's a great app and my wife's like, ah, oh, they got rug. She, she won't go to restaurants with rug. And I kind of agree with her. She's like, whenever you go to a restaurant with rug, it smells inside. And and, it, and she gets turned off. And they should have, uh, you know, hardwood floors or tile floors. But she won't go rug. <laughs> I think it's so funny. And and I agree with her, you know. So, uh I don't know the point I'm trying to make. I'm just trying to say and talk about, uh, the world that's going on and bring you into my world a little bit, which is man. I hope, I hope this Delta virus doesn't try to take me down again. Cause I'm, I'm really getting into this. Remember when tour and adding this live band. I just started watching the guy who's the front man of this band that it looks like I'm going to bring in to do my shows with. He, uh, he does these live streams and they look like they're pretty popular on YouTube. And, uh, when they definitely agree to start working with me, I will tell you more about his live stream show, but he got Dave Grohl on and he was really funny with Dave Grohl. And I was like, okay, this is, this is a good sign because there's not a lot of musicians out there that are funny, you know, just like there's not a ton of comedians out there that are great musicians. (laughs) It's rare, but there are some, like if you see, Bill Burr is a really, really good drummer. And I know some other comedians that are really good guitar players, or really good singers. And I love being on stage with a band and having it be mixed into my stand-up. So I'm really looking forward to doing Remember When in Collingswood, 1,051 seats. It's gonna be a lot to tackle to try to get that many tickets sold. Uh, on October 1st, but I'm going for it, man. I'm going all in. I'm going to uh, I'm going to invest some money in some a lot of radio ads down there. It's where I grew up. It's where my following is the biggest. And I did 700 seats right before Corona the last time, which was on a Valentine's weekend. So that's kind of cheating. Valentine's weekend is amazing for comedy. It's a great date night. So it's amazing. So some of you guys some of you guys would say, "So just do Valentine's again." Just do a thousand fifty-one seats on Valentine's Day. Uh, I don't. I don't think they're available then. I don't think they had the uh, the theater uh, for me open because they get a lot of big bands into this theater. So I took October first, which is a Friday night, which is a little harder, also. But let's get to the uh, let's get to the subject today, which I reached out to the fans, to people that listen, to friends talking about best show and I didn't mean sitcom I meant show any show TV show in the 80s and I opened it up to the voicemails which weekly of course is nine five one two nine eight nine eight nine nine now you can leave messages anytime you want throughout your week if you have a question for me and you just want to call it in and leave it on the voicemail I'll play it on the show I'll try to answer it to the best of my ability, okay, everybody. But uh, it's a fun little subject. As as remember when really is in my, in my wheelhouse these days because I'm I'm touring it. And another reason why I got to knock this show out right now is um, I have a couple of corporate gigs this week, and I have one today at four o'clock in the afternoon in Connecticut. Again, it'll it'll be me standing outside on a dance floor, really nice venue. But it will probably be sunny <laughs> and there'll be people standing around me and I will have to do 20 minutes. But good money and I love doing corporate gigs because they usually play uh, almost double what regular gigs pay. So I got one today and I got one Thursday. Uh, so uh, I, I I had to do a lot of preparing for this today's gig, you know, because I can't I don't do remember when when I go do a corporate gig. Plus, these guys hired me during Corona to do a virtual corporate gig last year, and I and we did remember when. So let's, uh, I don't know, let's let's find the callers, and I'll get them started, and then I'll uh, I'll chime in. I'll chime in with, uh, I have one show, and you guys probably know if you've listened to me for years, and you had to really think about it. What do I like? what is my favorite show from the 80s you should know that if you're a regular listener to all the different podcasts i've done as we're uh, 27 in 27 episodes into pretender contender it's pretty fun right pretty fun so let's uh let's start with our uh our first caller here i like this guy's choice uh, he's a good friend he's a regular caller let's put him on uh this should be TP.
1: Just a good old boy, never meaning no home. Been in trouble with the law since the day they were born. Flattening the curve, <laughs> straining the hill. Oh, Dukes of Hazard! One of my four-time favorite 1980s TV show, Dukes of Hazzard. Just loved how Bo and Luke Duke and Uncle Jesse always outwitted was Hogg and Cooter, Cletus and the crew. And of course, huh, Daisy Dukes. Do I even have to elaborate about Daisy? <laughs> Daisy Duke. Enough said. Just the name. Just a good old boys, Never meaning no harm. Been in trouble with the law since the day they were born. It's <laughs> T.P., Tommy Prudian, and Joey Neats. Joe, Joe, Joe. All right, Tommy
0: P., I'm glad he said his whole name. I never knew if I was allowed to say his whole name. New Rochelle sports legend, TP. Former New Rochelle High School All-American quarterback. Went on to play college football. Great talent here in New Row. TP, TP. The good of boys. The good old boys. He loves Dukes of Hazard. Now, let's talk Dukes of Hazzard for a second here. Um. Well, first of all, he started his me- message by, by singing this great theme, which I got to be honest, I love this song. Just a good old boy. Always did. Like no this heart. is, you don't see shows anymore like this where the theme could come on the radio and you'd crank it up. You'd be like, yo, you'd be in your car, right? Just like, come on, everybody sing it. Mm hmm. the mountain might get the It's like a full fucking product, production song. Lyrics. It would have been great if this song, uh. This song wasn't even for the show, that they just put it into it. Which, uh. I guess could. Could be this. I don't know the uh, story behind it, but I mean, this this song had to be written for the show. Right, guys. Right, TP out there. The General Lee 01, as I'm looking, someone made a video and they put it up on uh, YouTube. It's got all the a lot of different versions of that uh, General Lee car, which if you were like me when you grew up, when you saw one on the road, remember that? You'd be like, dude, there's the General Lee because people would have it. With the fucking O1 on the side And you're like yes Can you name Can you name Can you name the cast members Or can you Bo and Duke Do you remember who played those I remember One was Tom Wopat Is that correct Tom Wopat I know he went on to be a singer And the other guy tried singing too Like they were both singers Tom (laughs) Wopat I'm sure I'm off by a letter Top, Tom Womat Tom Wopat what the hell was his name everybody do you know definitely the dark-haired one was Wopat or Womat and then uh, God I can't remember the other guy's name see I don't I'm too lazy to go Google here I just I don't think it's fun to Google it's like me doing comedy on Adderall it's not as funny when I know it's fu- more fun to hear me not know and try to figure it out Tom Wopat. <laughs> And, geez, I can't remember the other. It was a very all-American name, and I'm not going to look it up. You guys, if you know it, you're just saying it out loud in your car or wherever you're listening to today's podcast. But Wailing Jennings singing the Dukes of Hazard, good old boys theme song and then added into the video getting to see uh, Jessica Simpson, who is way hotter than the original uh, Daisy Duke. Sorry. Sorry, TP. God, I, I always had a thing for Jessica Simpson. She is just like, I. You know, she must be a brunette at heart because I don't like, I don't really like blondes. I like brunettes my whole life. Maybe dated one blonde in my whole life. Always dated girls with dark hair, Italian, Latino, African-American, but never, never, uh, <laughs> never blondes, really. Sorry, blondes out there. If you're dyeing your hair blonde, let it go brown. I fucking love it. All right. So uh, the Dukes of hazard, right out of the gate, right out of the gate with TP. Let's see who we got next here. My man, my man Chris from Ashland, Mass. Oh, he's trying to play it.
1: Sounds terrible, Chris. Hey, Joe, it's Chris from Ashland, Mass. And my favorite show from the 80s, certainly one of them, is Cheers. The reason why is with most... Shows, sitcoms in particular, there's really one, maybe two, solid characters that are played well and written well. On this show, geez, there's got to be eight, ten, maybe even a dozen characters that throughout the run of the show were well written and well acted. And I, I just think that it made for great television. Lots of laughs every single time. I also want to confess that I was about to buy a shirt the other day, and uh, I don't care that they're 20 bucks, but I was too cheap to pay the 5 bucks shipping, so I bailed out of the order. I apologize. I'm deeply embarrassed, but I had to confess. Take care, brother. I'll see you soon.
0: <laughs> uh, Chris and I are friendly from the cast, and we became friends, and he said that I could bust on him a little bit for being too cheap to pay for the $5 shipping. Which I texted him. I go, "What do you want me to do?" That like that's how much it cost. <laughs> how much it cost to ship the shirt, and I'm not shipping it. it it's uh, I'm working with a company that is great. I don't have to have stock in my items, and they will ship it out for me. And you make a lot less, but you don't you don't have to have a thousand shirts sitting in your house. You uh, you sell your merch through their through their uh, store. It's pretty cool. And uh, those are available on Joe Mattarice, by the way. And Chris bought the Van Halen one. And then uh, I said, well, I could make it $25 and no shipping. But what's the fucking difference? It would still be the same amount. So I'm trying to figure out with this company if I can just make them $25 for T-shirts and free shipping to help people that have a brain like Chris. I apologize that they that it costs five dollars to ship it all the way from wherever the uh, the place is, which might be on the west coast, and mail them all the way to Massachusetts, and you have it sitting in your house. Sorry that that costs five bucks. It's like people are used to this free shipping. What they don't realize is you're not getting free shipping. Amazon Prime is adding that money into it. That's why it's free shipping. 'Cause when you you'll get a better deal on certain things you can find if you really want to search online, but it's because they're gonna charge you for the shipping afterwards. So it all fucking evens out, dude. And I starting to feel in life that everything evens out anyway, no matter what. So just like if you paid the five bucks extra that you were like, eh, you're gonna find five bucks on the ground. I really believe that. All right? Just like the Seinfeld, which I'm not going to say is my favorite show from the 80s because technically I looked it up. It's 1989 it started. So really it's a 90s show. I'm not going to I'm not gonna categorize Seinfeld in the 80s even though the pilot came out in 89. All right? But that was an amazing episode where Jerry talks about, I even out! I even out! I just got a gig! I lost a gig! Everything evens out! Like, <laughs> that was a great episode. So, uh and and to help you out here uh since you were you were trying to play the cheers theme in the background and i i do believe great shows have great themes that could play on the radio and we would all listen and sing along all in the family from the 70s we all know the words uh the jeffersons we all know the song and can fucking dance around to it shows don't have it anymore Here's the long intro version little hung the cat by its tail your third didn't 1983 to 1992.' a long run, nine years where everybody knows your name by Gary Portnoy. How much money you think Gary Portnoy made on this song? a lot. It might be the best TV theme show ever. And I I agree with you, Chris, from Ashland Mass. I think there's more verses. Look, it just keeps going. I I agree with Chris because it wasn't just two characters, like you said. Every character you could have built a show around. Every single character. Especially Sam Malone, which he was the lead of the whole show. What a great idea. Alcoholic. Recovered. Owns a bar. Just that is like such a cool... uh, As a guy that tries to come up with ideas, that's just a great little hook right there. And then he's an ex-athlete from the town. So uh, he opens a bar, which you see a lot of guys do, but they're never there. I remember there was a Mike Schmidt's bar in Philly, but Mike Schmidt was never there. He wasn't behind the bar. If he fucking was... That place would have been packed every night. Mistake, guys. Right? Are you going to Are you going to uh, what's his name? Steakhouse? Michael Jordan Steakhouse? Probably not, because you know he's not going to be there. If he was, he's just walking around like Rocky, like Rocky was in uh, his when he had his restaurant in the uh, in the later Rockies and the Creeds. Like that's pretty cool that he's there. And that's another thing, back to comedy clubs, where I think things go wrong. These clubs open chains. They're never there. There's no personality. Cheers shows you that you need to have a personality. I'm only one show in to Jackie B's in Scarsdale, and I met a bunch of the regular characters that were there, and I'm like, this place is fucking classic. Like You forget, because I've never been one of those guys that has a bar, but I have friends that do, and I have relatives that do, and that's why you keep going back to that bar, right? To see those characters, to see those people. I have it with Davenport, this beach club we joined last year. Like, one of our regulars, her mother uh, passed away, and she had bought 10 tickets to come and see my show at Jackie B's, and I saw it online. I was like, "I, I gotta give this woman her money back. 10 tickets. Her mother passed away, I think the day of the show, and uh, you just meet, I'm starting to meet, I'm starting to slow, it takes time too, it's not like you go to a bar and you got immediate friends. It's like if you join some sort of club, you have immediate friends. It takes time. We're our second summer in, and I'm just starting to know everybody's name, and they're starting to know my name, and we, the way we say hello to each other, it's very Cheers-like, what what a great show. So simple. It basically almost all took place in one room. Right. And uh, and then it, it was so good. Chris, you forgot this part. It was so good that uh, now I'm forgetting her name. Oh, geez. Should I pause this or Google it? Diane. Right. Her name was Diane. Was it Diane on the show? Who played the original Diane, if I can uh, think of that? Now I'm gonna I'm gonna really Google that one. Who played Diane on Cheers? Who do you think it was? Diane Chambers is a fictional character in the American television situation comedy show Cheers, portrayed by Shelley Long. Of course, Chris, you're probably yelling it as I said that. Shelley Long played. Uh, The Diane Chambers and then Diane Chambers left the show. This is how good the show was. No shows are able to pull this off where they switched a character or they they get rid of a a major lead. I don't know why Shelley Long left. I would love to know the reason she leaves probably to do movies because back then doing TV shows was lo- was frowned upon really. Now TV shows are better than the movies now that we have uh, no rules and they can do these streaming shows, they're better than the movies. So the movies are super very Hollywood every once in a while some sort of good indie film comes out or rare rarity some great uh, Hollywood movie gets made cuz it had like a 200 million dollar budget. But uh Diane Chambers is replaced, and then with, with a new uh, foil for Sam Malone, a new love interest. And can we remember who, who filled Diane, uh, Diane Chambers' place? Who took over for Shelly Long? Who took over for Shelly Long on... Cheers. Do you know? Who took over for her? Cheers. Why Shelly Long and Cheers worked together great. And she earned she how many three Emmy nominations. She never won one for Outstanding Actress in a Comedy. That was after the first season of Cheers. She left the show after the fifth season. Allie. Christy Allie, that's right. Allie on Cheers for the final six seasons, winning an Emmy and Best Actress. How could Shelley Long never have won an Emmy? That's bullshit. She was so good on that show. If you watch the pilot, I always say, if you're a TV writer or you're a writer in general, general, you want to watch a perfectly written pilot episode that makes you want to watch more of a show and sucks you in. Cheers. I remember going to the television... Uh, the Museum of Television in New York City. It's got to still be there, right? They had a little screening room, and they showed the pilot to Cheers. as, And they basically described it as one of the best pilots in television history, and it really is. It just set up the whole situation and was so funny. Go watch the pilot to cheers it's so good and the way shelly comes in and that whole situation and how she gets brought into that bar and gets the job uh ah, fucking great great television I, I i agree with you chris it's not my favorite though It's probably my second favorite i'm gonna give it my second favorite or maybe third second favorite might be family ties i i loved family ties growing up let's see if we can uh really quickly uh we gotta find uh the family ties theme remember how good that one was do you remember the family ties theme oh my god oh my god I gotta find it here I apologize apologize the only one I don't have pulled family ties theme song it's another one I, I could hear this on the radio and like maybe tear up a little bit maybe tear up a little bit if you remember this one as there's a four second commercial right before it but such a great great theme song just a situational comedy about a family one super smart kid And it had heart to it, you know, it had a lot of hugs, it had a lot of crying. It was the opposite of Seinfeld. It was very touchy-feely. And you know me, I'm a touchy-feely guy, you know, so uh, I like these kind of shows. So I loved Family Ties. That's my number two. What would we... What would we do without us? I think it a lot now that I'm a dad, and... Uh spending time over the summer with your kids and you know my son's 13 about to be 14 in November and he's like hanging out with all his guys you know and it just reminds me of when I was hanging out with all my guy friends in high school and just looking at him being older and it's like you're sad because you miss him as a kid but yet it's really exciting because you're watching him bloom you know you're watching him get older and uh I, that's probably why I like those kind of shows. Like I get caught up every once in a while when I just look at him doing something or him just saying something, or sometimes it's from a distance and I'm watching him just you know cursing <laughs> with his friends, four guys over there like what the fuck, you know, just guy talking it, and I'm just like, oh man, remember those days, and like you you, you reflect on your own life. But that that that's kind of what family ties was just about a family and, and and I really uh I loved it. So let's uh let's say who is next here, see who we got.
1: Hey, Joe Matteries is Matt Bellis. You can reach me at MattBellis I'm calling about <laughs> the favorite eighties TV show. Alf hey Merrill. <laughs> that was your bit. <laughs> the, uh, one of my favorite scenes when he was like, uh, Hey, Willie, when you're done fixing my shit so I get back to Belmac, get me a beer. And the theme song, as I remember, was... <laughs> Classic. Everybody remembers that theme song, right? Here it is. Great. All right. Take care.
0: <laughs> I blasted it in, in his call. I can't tell if Matt was being sarcastic because how could you remember this theme song? I'm starting to think of this why this show was really funny, but it never was like one that anyone's probably going to say is the is the best show ever of the '80s. Like even though it was funny, and I think. This theme song tells you why. It fucking stinks. How is this the theme song? Is this one of those shows that did a different theme song every year? This just sounds like something you'd hear like as a demo on a, on a Casio organ. You'd hit the demo button, and this is what you get. <laughs> You're like, yeah, 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 number three. If you hit number three, it's the ALF theme.
2: Hey Willie, nice pussy cat! I kill me.
0: It's one of my original jokes back in the day. That's an oldie, an oldie. I used to do an Alf impression on stage. <laughs> hey Willie it was when it, the joke was about how uh when you watch those award shows, the announcer always introduces two um people that are like opposite that don't really fit together. It's never like uh two people that make sense it's always like ladies and gentlemen introducing the award for best supporting actress Meryl Streep and Alf (laughs) that was the joke and that's why I had him say hey Meryl nice pussy cat I kill me (laughs) fucking Alf I wish I could uh I wish I could reference the actor who was the voice of Alf that would be classic oh boy so Matt, Matt loves Alf. Let's go to Jerry. Jerry from Philly.
1: Hey, it's Jerry Rowan from Philadelphia. Making your way in the world of day it takes everything you've got. Taking a break
2: from all your worries. Sure should help a lot.
1: Wouldn't you like to get
2: away? Everybody
1: knows your name, and they are always the you want to see where priests
2: see, troubles are all the same, you want to see where everybody knows your name.
1: Well, cheers, that's my favorite, a lot, a lot. For a lot, of, a lot of the reason is because of the song itself. I used to sing it all the time as a kid, but mostly because it was funny and I love, I love the ensemble cast. So, cheers everyone, go so long.
0: It's funny. You think you love a show because of the ensemble ensemble cast? I mean, you're saying it. that ensemble cast. Because there's been a million shows that have big casts, and the show stinks. But every character, the key is, there's depth to every character. They're all on some sort of life path. They're trying to figure something out. They're they're not just being, right? They're like, okay, this guy's this guy, and he's this, and he's, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's really, it's really well thought out, you know, and well put together and then on top of it i mean you're throwing in some of the best actors that have ever lived in a show i mean the the original guy who played the coach that old guy i mean jesus christ that guy used to fucking kill me and then you i didn't even think about this he gets replaced and then he gets replaced with woody harrelson one of the other greatest actors of all time and then his characters just as funny. So they had two different characters get switched out a, out and new ones in and the show still was great when they switched them. It was like indestructible. You couldn't ruin that. Uh awesome. Awesome. So here's my uh here's my last caller. Here's my last caller.
1: This is Bill from New Rochelle. Um that's the 80s TV show has to be the A team. And uh you know just army vets breaking out of prison, helping other people out, doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> um, theme song, greatest theme song of TV. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Does it sound something like this, Bill? A-Team, everybody. B.A. Baracus. Was that his name? Mr. T?
2: Hey, fool. Hey, fool. Don't give that sucker no statue. Give him guts. You had your shot. Now give me mine.
0: I only know uh, Mr. T from <laughs> Rocky Three. I can't quote anything from A-Team. <laughs> Clubber, any predictions? Pain.
2: <laughs> B.A. Barakas. Eighteen, hey everybody, this is this is Mr. T, and I want you to watch my show, The Eighteen, coming on at eight o'clock. I don't know if I was on CBS or NBC or ABC, but it was a hit. Never knew what this show was about. I just showed up wearing armor fatigues, and they put me on. Huh, 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 Don't give me that sucker no statue. Give him guts. You had your shot. Now give me mine. I don't care what the hell those judges said.
0: (laughs) I'm messing it up. I think I just went into Rocky (laughs) 2.
2: You don't get a shot. And I mean it. Shut up, old man.
0: (laughs) All right. I don't remember the rest. Fucking the A-Team. Bill and New Rochelle. Loves the A-team. Now talk about, if we have to go funniest, funniest TV theme songs from the 80s. Now, I don't know if you guys know this. This one to me is the funniest because the lead actor, who wasn't a singer, sang the theme song. And it was also a funny show, which a friend of mine, The Late Great, Steve Cardulo, who passed away early at 57, was one of my really good friends that I met in Philly doing stand-up, as that was my cheers for many years. The comedy, uh, the comedy works in, in, in Philly on 2nd and Chestnut, where I started open mics every Wednesday for like two and a half years. I went there and was friends with Steve and a bunch of other guys, and some of them I still know, a lot of them I don't. But that was like our cheers and we would go there and it was like family and Steve and I would hang. And he used to always make fun of the fall guy, not because of (laughs) Lee Majors, who was the lead, the six million dollar man, not because Lee Majors uh, sang the theme song, which is fucking hilarious that he did. But he made fun of him because the show was like he was a uh, what was it? He was a stunt man and a, uh, geez, 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 Uh, what's that called? The Fall Guy, the unknown stuntman. Uh, He was, uh, Jesus, God, I I love for you guys to hear my brain in action with the mic on instead of editing it out, which I could easily do, but I'm not going to. He was a stuntman and a, uh, was it a bail bondsman, or what the fuck was he? Jesus. Now I gotta do the bio of the Fall Guy. (laughs) How many people have looked up the Fall Guy premise? We'll go Fall Guy Wikipedia. The Fall Guy Wiki. The Fall Guy Wiki. Here we go. This... Fall Guy is an American action adventure television program produced for ABC and originally broadcast from November 4th, 1981 to May 2nd, 1986. It starred Lee Majors, Douglas Barr, and Heather Thomas. If you remember, she was like super gorgeous. Everybody loved Heather Thomas. Posters of her and Spencer's in the mall. He had to go back into that area. You look at some, pretend you were looking at posters with black lights that you were really into those, but you were really looking at those hot girl posters. And Heather Thomas was gorgeous. Uh, she, he was a Hollywood stunt man who moonlighted as a bounty hunter. That's what it was. Bounty hunter. What am I I'm thinking? Bail bondsman <laughs> wasn't even close. He was a bounty hunter. My friend Steve used to make fun of it. He's he's a stunt man and a bounty hunter, and then he would like go on to other shows and make up shows like he's a this and then he's a that. He's a doctor and a lawyer. <laughs> he used to just make up stupid things and I don't know why, but Cardulo always made me laugh at the open mics with that one. But listen to listen to I almost called him Steve Austin. Listen to Lee Majors sing his own theme song. I mean Jesus. Wait, I I gotta start from the beginning. It's just <laughs> how did he get this to be okay? Well, I'm not- but I've been seen with fire up I've never been with anything less than a man so fine I've been on fire with Sally field gone past with the girl named Bowen but somehow they just don't end up as mine it's a bit let's just say we never heard this on the radio you were never in the car with your family, going, "Hey guys, be quiet. The Fall guy theme's on. I love this." <laughs> Man, he must have been—he must have been such a big-time actor then that he was like, "Fuck you guys. I gotta sing the own theme song. I gotta sing my theme song." He probably knew how much m- more money you make if you sing the theme song because they gotta play it every episode, right? So it's just another check. He's like, fuck it. I wonder if he directed a few episodes. Probably was the... Uh, did lighting on his own show so he could get that. And then he was like, on my own boom. I'll do the boom. No, we don't need stuntmen. I'll do it. <laughs> He's just trying to make as much money as humanly possible on the fall guy. Oh, listen to it. By the way, I highly recommend looking... At this YouTube video Heather Thomas is stunning What did they call it back then? Bodacious Tatas Was that from Fast Times? Yeah, she's got Bodacious Tatas It was from some movie I don't remember It was in the 80s Alright So, I played all the listeners' picks Now, we gotta get to mine Now, if you've listened to my show Over the years Come on You gotta know what my favorite 80s show is and and I can't even tell how I should leak it and for so many reasons probably one is it was the greatest greatest song pick for a show greatest fucking song pick as soon as you heard this you were like all right It's time. It was definitely an 8 o'clock show. There was no way this was an 8.30. This is like an 8 o'clock show. I'd almost say I'm going 99% that this was on NBC. What do you guys guess? I didn't even tell you the show yet, but I'm going to look it up right now. What network was... I'm not going to tell you yet. Okay, let's see. Oh, it was ABC. Why would I say NBC? It's such an... Remember back in the day you could tell what network a show should be on? And when I think about it, this is obviously an ABC show because it's got more heart to it. It had funny with drama combined better than any show Ever in the history of television ever did. It was only on for six seasons. It was created by Carol Black and Neil Marlins. Okay. It went from January 88 to May 1993. I'm going to let this one slide because I'm in charge because it, you know, it went into the 90s. But just, I always loved it. Uh, one of my listeners, uh, Scott, Scott Hood, thank you. He sent me a DVD. Of, uh, I think, the first season. And then I had once bought a bootleg. Didn't even know I was buying a bootleg back in the day. This is probably 15 years ago. Bought the entire series. I get it. It's just like someone burned them at their house. And they have the, like, ABC Family logo at the bottom of the screen. And they look like a copy of a copy. So the quality is kind of shitty, but I didn't care. It had every episode. And I, like, I went through and watched them all. Over a few days, six seasons worth, thirty-minute show, had a strong, strong first episode, one of the greatest pilots ever, and then ended in a really strong way, also. And of course, it's the Wonder Years. Now, if you guys are just listening to me, you're a new listener. You're probably going, "Oh, yeah, the Wonder Years," and then everybody else was like saying they they knew it was going to be the Wonder Years. I mean. So, of course, the theme comes on, I sang, but I can't even miss a word.
2: What would you do if I sang
0: out this came on. Would you stand up and out I'm in me? already onto the show, looking Lay at the screen. The they're showing the home 8mm movies. At least they made it look like home movies with the no sound, and they're just doing stuff into the camera, looking oh, very man, 70s-like, Right? And I grew up in a house that every, like, few years we'd watch our old home movies together as a family. My dad still has them all on those little eight millimeter reels, and I always tell him, When are you going to digitize those? And he's too cheap to do it. He's like, It's like a thousand bucks. I'm like, It's worth it. So here's the opening of the first episode. So it gives you a little, uh,. Gives you a little uh, narration, showing you pictures of things that happened in that time period. And then the narration begins.
3: A lot happened that
0: which I'm going to pause. Not only is it narration, it's Daniel Stern, perfectly cast. The best thing he's ever done in his whole career. I mean, sure, he was in Home Alone getting smashed in the face with Joe Pesci. Uh, he was in Diner, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. Loved it. But Daniel Stern, doing the voiceover for the Wonder Years. She, all, my only negative thing to say about the Wonder Years is I always thought it was a little bit of a copy of Stand By Me, with those kids. And then you're hearing, um, not just kids. I mean, River, a young River Phoenix, and all those other actors that were great. And then you also, uh, you also get Richard Dreyfuss. Who's kind of the narrator, just like Daniel Stern is, and talking about in that movie, um, Stand by Me. Stand by Me. He's just talking about one incident when he was younger, whereas Wonder Years, this voice is narrating the whole thing, and it's basically and it starts eighth grade, right, which is such a perfect year. And my son just finished eighth grade. I think it's 8th yeah. grade. Let's see.
3: Denny McLean won 31 games. The Mod Squad hit the air, and I graduated from Hillcrest Elementary and entered junior high Oh, school. entering
0: junior high. But we'll get to that. That's even better. Starting 7th grade at that switchover. Where my son's just about to start ninth grade, so... That's a fun that's a one, too. Way
3: to put this. I grew up in the suburbs. I guess most people think of the suburbs as a place...
0: Now, that's another reason why I probably love this show. I've said this before in my podcast. When you have a life similarity to something, it brings you in. But great TV shows, great books, great movies have a way of doing something that feels like it's directly connected to you, even though it's not. It's just a great premise and it it adapts to a lot of people's lives so the, the suburbs you know that just c- grabs me right there grew up in the suburbs you know and that's what i did so it felt like i'm watching my life and my wife always says when i try to get her to watch the wonder years because she doesn't like it she doesn't like watching it she goes this is a guy's show it's about a, a kid and it's he's a man and he's reflecting so it's a guy show and I'm just like come on like I could watch a great show about a, a girl and it'd be a girl show if it's really well done I, I love I love it I can relate I I know girls <laughs> I have a sister I have a daughter I have a wife I know girls so I can relate but all right let's go back I want to I want to see more of this
3: with all the disadvantages of the city and none of the advantages of the country,
0: and vice versa.
2: But in a way...
0: did you hear that? I want to hear that again. I like what he just said there. It reminds me of a quote a friend of mine once.
3: Twelve years old. A lot happened that year. Denny McLean won 31 games, the Mod Squad hit the air, and I graduated from Hillcrest Elementary and entered junior high school. But we'll get to that right here it a
2: it. A say it
3: there's no pretty way to put this i grew up in the suburbs i guess most people think of the suburbs as a place with all the disadvantages of the city and none of the advantages of the country
0: there it was a friend of mine used to say that about Astoria, queens where I used to live, and a ton of comedians used to live, or they live now, but when I lived there, there was, like, there was only about 10 comedians. Now it's like every stand-up comedian that works in the New York City comedy club scene lives in Astoria. They all live there now, but we used to say that Astoria has all the uh, disadvantages of the city without having any of the advantages. <laughs> which now it has some of the advantages they really built it up but when we lived there man there was nothing to do in Astoria. no restaurants there was like you know there were restaurants but they were all like greek and like if you weren't greek they would give you dirty looks when you walked in i used to have all kind of material about that back in the day when i lived there all right and vice versa
3: but in a way those really were the wonder years for us there in the suburbs it was kind of a golden age for kids all right
0: and it starts with a little on, street 1968, football 1968, game it starts with a little street football game right. so i'll fade out on that but because i want to i want to continue about the wonder years and and why it's so good and uh I remember when I had a couple of my television deals, I would just look up, I would forget who the writers and creators were, and every time I got a show, I would look them up, and i go, can't we just get the Wonder Years creators? And then I realized, the original Wonder Years creators left after uh, a season. I want to look this up, too, because it's pretty interesting. Well, guys, for some reason, uh, you can't find it on the internet. I looked everywhere, and it's nowhere to be found to understand why the creators, there's all kind of weird gossip in there, and it's really hard to figure out why they left. But they did, and they, you know, it was a hit show. It even looks like, I don't know if it came out yet, that they're trying to do a reboot of it for 2021 with all new actors. Uh, I don't know if that came out and failed or if it didn't come out or what, let me know if you guys know, but I'm going to just leave this episode. uh, I'm going to end it. I'm going to end it right here, but I'm going to end it with letting you hear how it concludes. And uh, it's one of those, you know, conclude with telling you what every character went on to do kind of has that fast times at Ridgemont high ending, but it's dramatic. It's not. It's not funny like the way Fast Times ended with like funny shit that all the characters went on to do, you know. Uh, so, thank you guys for listening. Thank you all you callers for calling in, and uh, I'll leave you with this. And hopefully, you can listen to it and and enjoy it as uh, I enjoy it because I just love this show back in the eighties, The Wonder Years, the final episode. This is the last. Three and a half minutes of it as it ends, and this is how it concludes. And I think it plays just audio wise. Take a listen.
3: The next day Winnie and I came home. Back to where we'd started. It was the fourth of July in that little suburban town. Somehow though, that seems different from the natural. Our past was here, but our future was somewhere else. And we both knew, sooner or later, we had to go. It was the last July I ever spent in that town. The next year after graduation, I was on my way. Paul! Hey, Paul! Hi! So was Paul. He went to Harvard, of course. Studied law he's still allergic to everything. Thanks a
2: lot. Listen, I'll be right back. Hang on one
3: second. As for my father, well, Hey, we were family. For better or worse. Hey sis. One for all? Gosh. And all for one. <laughs> Karen's son was born that September. I gotta say, I think he looks like me. Poor kid. Mom, she did well. Businesswoman, board chairman, grandmother, cooker of mashed potatoes. The wainer stayed on in furniture. Wood seemed to suit him. In fact, he took over the factory two years later when dad passed away. Winnie left the next summer to study art history in Paris. Still, we never forgot our promise. We wrote to each other once a week for the next eight years. I was there to meet her when she came home with my wife and my first son, eight months old. Like I said, things never turn out exactly the way you planned.
2: It's good. It was a good fourth. Yeah. So you're gonna be a grandpa? Huh? Not bad. <laughs> Grey hair and everything. Yeah.
3: Growing up happens in a heartbeat. One day you're in diapers, next day you're gone. But the memories of childhood stay with you for the long haul. I remember a place, a town, a house, like a lot of houses. A yard like a lot of other yards, on a street, like a lot of other streets. And the thing is, after all these years, I still look back with wonder. Hey, Dad, what to I catch? I'll be right there.
0: All for listening. Thank you so much for uh for waiting that out. I appreciate it. Okay, I appreciate it. You guys are great fans. Uh keep listening, everybody. Keep listening. Keep listening to the podcast and go to joe for all the tour dates and for all the uh the merch for sale, all that is on joe All right, everybody. See you guys. Well, I'll talk to you guys. All right? Next week. Aight? Aight.